I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always, and I just have to acknowledge the fact that I left you all hanging last week unintentionally. So I'm not sure how things were in your world last week, but I had an incredibly strange weird week last week and I mean it started off with a death of someone who was really important to me someone that I admired someone that I had been learning from for the past year and a half and that news came early on Monday morning last week And it came as a big shock to me. So I was dealing with emotions around that, which we can talk a little bit more about today. So I ended up taking Monday off last week. And because I took Monday off, which is usually the day I record my podcast episodes, I had to record it on Tuesday before the new episode came out on Wednesday and I had a day full of class and then like the morning full of class and then the afternoon full of clients and then when I went to sit down to record this podcast episode last week in the evening on Tuesday before it came out, my podcast software just wasn't working. It crashed and... By the time my husband, bless him, but by the time he got it up and working for me, it was like 10 p.m. at night and your girl has boundaries and I just was not going to sit down and record a podcast episode at 10 p.m. at night just to get it out. So that is why I went MIA last week after promising you another podcast episode. And I mean, that's just the routine around here. You get a new podcast episode from me every Wednesday. And whenever I go MIA, it's usually because of some type of boundary. Something's happening in my life that I'm just like, okay, we just need to pause it for this week. So anyways, I'm back this week. (laughs) And... Like I said, I don't know how things were going in your world last week, but the full moon was on the 24th, which was Saturday, just this past Saturday, if you're listening to this live. And I really, (laughs) whenever I'm experiencing kind of like a weird week or having conversations with people and they're also feeling very similar to how I am. I'm always looking at what's happening astrologically 
and the amount of people that told me they were having just like an off week last week or a weird week last week for one reason or another like there were just so many people that were feeling very similar to how I was feeling and so I'm just kind of like chalking it up to it being the full moon this past Saturday because full moons and new moons and just all the stuff that happens astrologically like it's so powerful and even though it was on Saturday you can feel the effects of a new moon or a full moon or these astrological shifts you can feel them five days beforehand and five days afterwards so that is my reasoning for such an odd week last week but as I'm sitting here today it is a fresh new week it is Monday February 26th when I'm recording this and we are currently having a blizzard here in Saskatchewan where I live so we were starting to get nice little glimmers of spring coming our way the snow is melting the weather was above zero it just felt so nice and warm at times and now it is like more than 20 below and it's snowing and blizzarding and you know what I am sitting here in my office with a mug of fresh hot tea beside me and I am just feeling so incredibly grateful to be able to work from home and do my thing from home today and not have to leave the house it feels pretty awesome so very grateful for that and I'm also really grateful to be here with you again this week so grateful that my husband was able to get my podcast stuff figured out he is a tech genius and he's always helping me with tech stuff I'm definitely not tech illiterate but I get pretty frazzled when things aren't working and it's just easier to call him (laughs) to fix things for me. So very grateful for him and also grateful for all of you who sent me questions for today's podcast episode. So let's just pick pick up (laughs) where we left off last episode and that is answering your questions related to nourishing yourself, recovery, eating, calories, all those kinds of questions. So I just love your questions so much. So last episode we talked about how to know if you're eating enough, too little, all that stuff. Um, So if that interest you go back Um, we also talked about progesterone and I talked about how to support your body in producing enough progesterone because there are some really key important things that we need to be doing on a daily basis to support our bodies in producing enough progesterone so if you missed my last episode definitely go check that out 
And today we'll just talk more about these sorts of things. So first question that we'll tackle today is from a listener and she asked how to listen to satiety after being sick. So my interpretation of this question um, when she's saying how to listen to satiety I'm interpreting that as just like all around kind of like your hunger cues your hunger and fullness cues so how to listen to that after being sick and I'm not sure if she's referring to like having a cold slash flu sort of sick my personal interpretation of this is like recovery because we talk a lot about recovery here whether that's eating disorder recovery disordered eating recovery or hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery i'm going to interpret it that way because i do get this question a lot like after a period of kind of a dysfunctional relationship with food and usually that includes restriction I get the question a lot of okay now that I'm not restricting anymore how do I listen to my hunger and fullness cues and I love this question I have been there myself so not only do I have professional experience with this in like supporting my clients through this journey of reconnecting with their hunger and fullness cues but also like navigating that after being sick or experiencing disordered eating and eating disorder just like a dysfunctional relationship with food that sort of thing like not only do I have professional experience with that sort of thing but I also have personal experience with this because I spent many, 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 many years over a decade of my life not eating enough food and that can really impact our hunger and fullness cues. But what I really want to talk about today too is how that actually impacts our connection to our bodies as well Um, and just how that all around like impacts how we nourish ourselves and how to know how to nourish ourselves kind of like while we're on that journey of recovery and no longer restricting our food intake. So First, let's kind of talk about why this happens, why it can be so challenging to recognize hunger or fullness cues after experiencing an eating disorder or disordered eating or just a funky relationship with food overall. So, When we are not eating enough food, our body perceives that as something that is stressful. 
something that is a danger, which it is. It's very stressful on the body to not be eating enough food. So let's bring the nervous system into this because you all know I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner and I love talking about the nervous system and really educating about like eating disorder recovery through this understanding of the nervous system. I think it's a really incredible thing to understand your nervous system while going through recovery because things just make sense when we understand our nervous systems and understand our body and just like understand why things are happening the way they are happening and when we get an understanding of our nervous system a lot of things start to make sense so when we are not eating enough food like i said that is a stress on the body so the nervous system perceive like it's it senses danger it picks up on danger and i've talked before how our nervous system is always scanning for safety danger safety danger literally all the time this is happening in the background 24 7 and we don't even realize it our nervous systems are so incredible so when we don't have enough fuel coming in that is a danger to the body or stress on the body and so we're not going to be sitting at this place that's called ventral or this parasympathetic state where our nervous system feels like it's in a safe place, that things are good, that it has what it needs, that it's safe, all that good stuff. When we're not eating enough food, the nervous system doesn't feel that way. It's rather in a dysregulated state. So this dysregulated state is often this sympathetic state. This is often where if we have a funky relationship with food, if we're restricting, not eating enough, this is often where most of us are going to be spending most of our time. Like that's where our nervous system is going to be hanging out most of the time in this sympathetic state. A lot of you may have also heard of this sympathetic state being referred to as fight or flight. And the nervous system goes into this state when it perceives stress or danger or when there is a true threat or danger. So not eating enough, this isn't a perceived threat or danger. It is actually a threat or danger like on the body because we need enough food. And I don't know how many more times I'm going to say that, but I'm going to keep reminding you all that we need enough food, not only just to function properly in life and live our life to the fullest, but we literally need enough food coming in so our nervous system 
can feel safe enough to no longer chronically be in this dysregulated state. So food majorly impacts our nervous system. And in the way that we're talking here is when we have enough food coming in, that is supporting our nervous system in feeling safe enough to access this state called ventral, which is in that parasympathetic state. And some of you may have heard that parasympathetic state be referred to as this rest and digest state too. So we actually need to be in this parasympathetic state in order to fully digest our food. And we can talk a little bit more about that later as well. But when we're undernourished, when we're under eating, our body is in a state of stress, in a state of danger, and it's most definitely not feeling safe. And so that's where we see this like chronic sympathetic state when we're always in this like fight or flight state. Now, the reason I'm talking about this so much is because I want I wanted you to understand these different states in the nervous system and why we're going to be in one versus the other. But here is how this relates to our hunger cues now because this is what that question from my listener is about is hunger cue satiety, that sort of thing. So when we are in this sympathetic state, this fight or flight state, the priority is literally survival. That is a survival response from the body. Okay, we're in this survival state. Now, when we are in these survival states, the body isn't prioritizing things like hunger, fullness, digestion. So that's why so many of us are going to be out of touch with our hunger or fullness cues when we are restricting, when we're under eating, or even when we are coming out of a period of time of doing those things, under eating, restricting, just having a funky relationship with food because it takes time to support your body in getting back into this state of safety and trusting your body again and listening to your hunger cues and like fostering this connection that you have with your body and the cues that it gives you. So I hope that's making sense as to why if you are listening to this podcast episode right now and one of your curiosities or noticings of your body, maybe you your hunger cues are just like totally flatlined. Like maybe you have no sense of when you're hungry whatsoever. And this really can explain why that is, is because when we are in that sympathetic fight or flight state, our bodies are so incredibly wise, our nervous systems 
are so incredibly wise. And when the nervous system is in that state of survival, like I said before, this is not a time where the nervous system is going to start prioritizing things like hunger and fullness cues and be giving you those cues that like, oh, hey, like maybe it's time to like sit down and grab a meal now. No, it is just prioritizing being alive. So that explains why you might have zero sense of hunger or fullness cues. So going back to the question, how to listen to satiety or hunger fullness cues after being sick. So like I said, this stuff takes time. If you've ever been in recovery, you know that recovery is not a overnight success, right? I work with clients all the time and my favorite ones that come my way are the ones that know that this isn't something they're going to accomplish after one or two sessions with me, right? I work with clients for years on end and I am so proud of those clients because they know that recovery just isn't like this one and done type of thing. There's so many layers to recovery and part of recovery and part of like one of these layers to recovery is supporting your body in getting back to this parasympathetic state and not chronically hanging out in that sympathetic state like it likely has been for quite some time. So when we are in this parasympathetic state, we are actually able to digest our food. And when we're also in this state, we're also going to be able to start noticing these hunger and fullness cues once again. So we can notice when we're hungry and we can notice when we're satisfied. But when we're going through recovery, like I said, this does take time. So if this is something that you struggle with right now, just know that you're not alone in this, okay? And this is really where I I guess like my whole thing to answer this listener's question is I want to take some time right now to talk about intentional eating. So I'm pretty sure we've all heard of intuitive eating by now, right? It's a term or a word used a lot to describe people's relationships with food or how they eat. There's a whole book on intuitive eating as well. And kind of depending who you talk to or your approach with intuitive eating. But like what I've noticed over the years is it seems like intuitive eating has kind of become like another way of eating like where there's a wrong way to do it and a right way to do it and I don't love that I've had many clients come to me that 
you know, they really want to intuitively eat, but then they have like this list of kind of like, this is intuitive eating and this isn't intuitive eating. And anyways, that can create stress around food as well. And so my issue with intuitive eating is it can really be approached as just another diet, which I'm not about. But I am going to talk about something called intentional eating. Now, when I was recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea back in 2018, I created kind of this thing that really helped me and I referred to it as intentional eating. I never heard anyone else use this phrase before, so I I really liked calling it intentional eating and it, it was just, it made sense to me because I was eating with intention and I knew that not all the time would I be hungry for the food that I was eating, but I knew that I had an intention as to why I was eating. And honestly, I still eat intentionally in ways and I can talk a little bit more about that with you after I kind of talk about intentional eating. So intentional eating really has this intention to be nourishing our bodies and it doesn't just like kind of throw you into the dark and say, well, just follow your hunger cues. And the reason I brought up intuitive eating before was because I think that's kind of where a lot of people um, go with intuitive eating. Like they kind of think it's this way of eating where you just eat when you're hungry and then you stop when you're full. Well, how does that work for anyone who is so out of touch with their hunger and fullness cues, right? Like going back to what I talked about before, if we're stuck in this sympathetic state and we have no sense of whether we're hungry or we're full, like we just have no hunger cues at all, how do we expect anyone with an experience like that to intuitively eat if they have no sense of their hunger cues, right? And so that's really why I love intentional eating And for me, it really started off with kind of just like a light framework. And this isn't another diet, but it's this intention to eat to support your body in feeling her best or its best and just be nourished at the end of the day. And it can be really helpful to kind of have this like, little bit of a intentional eating framework at the back of your mind if you are lost and have no sense of your hunger and fullness cues, that sort of thing. So when it comes to intentional eating, like I said, it's really just this intention to nourish your body and support her in functioning her best, feeling her best, supporting hormones, that sort of thing. 
And so something that we know to be true is that when we wake up in the morning, our cortisol is at its highest. And then basically throughout the day, it just gradually declines. And then by the time we go to bed, it's low. So that's like how we fall asleep with ease and all that good stuff, right? So that's a healthy kind of like cortisol graph for you that it's highest in the morning and then it just gradually decreases throughout the day and ending at its lowest at night so then we can fall asleep with ease so because knowing about cortisol and that cortisol graph that i just kind of briefly described when we wake up in the morning if we don't eat and we just prolong our fast so let's say you wake up i'll just use myself for an example i typically sleep from 10 p.m until 6 a.m so i can clock in like an easy eight hours that way so i wake up at six and if i woke up and took my dog out for a walk i say this as i'm looking out the window and it's just an absolute whiteout right now so that wouldn't be happening today but maybe I hit up the gym and like I do all this stuff and then all of a sudden it's like 11 a.m right that is five hours after I woke up and then if I'm eating my first meal then guess what happened that entire five hours that I wasn't eating the body perceives that again or and it's not perceives that is a threat to the body like the body does not feel safe the nervous system does not feel safe when we create like a longer fast than we need to right i just slept eight hours that's going eight hours without any food and so my body doesn't need to go longer What needs to happen is I need to nourish it within those first 30 minutes of waking up. And that's what I do. I honestly eat my breakfast. Like I wake up, I go pee, I make my bed, I go to the kitchen, and I eat breakfast. And I feed my dog at the same time. So we're both eating as soon as we wake up. And the reason why this is falls into like this intentional eating like I call it is we're bringing in like body physiology right like we know how the body works and we know that okay cortisol is at its highest if we prolong this fast we're just driving that stress hormone up and up and up and so we don't want to do that so we're going to intentionally eat now sometimes i have a pretty good appetite for breakfast most of the time i should say not sometimes most of the time i'm like yep ready to eat there's other days where I don't have much of an appetite. It's not like I'm stuffed to the brim when I wake up, but there's some days where absolutely I could go without food for longer, but I don't. So that's part of this intentional eating. And why I'm talking about it when this listener asks, how do we listen to hunger and fullness cues? 
like if we basically are kind of out of touch of them, right? And so that would be my first starting point is eating a balanced meal. So that's protein, carbs, and fats within the first 30 minutes of waking up. And then depending on where you're at in your healing journey, and I'll talk a little bit more about that too, but depending on where you're at in your healing journey, I would recommend then, so if you're eating within the first 30 minutes of waking up, then eating again every two to four hours after that. So maybe you have breakfast at 6.30 like I usually do. I'm usually eating again at 9.30.10, which is like three, three and a half hours later. And then let's say I ate at 10, then another snack or a meal two to four hours after that. Then I'm, I am eating again around I don't know, like 1, 1.30. Okay, so you can see the pattern. And that's what I would recommend and suggest to anyone who's out of their hung- out of touch with their hunger cues and really not sure like, okay, when should I be eating? When should I be stopping? So eating within those first 30 minutes of waking up and then every two to four hours after that, And every time you nourish yourself, making sure that it is a nice balance of protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Because we also want to be supporting our blood sugar levels and part of, not the only thing that supports blood sugar levels, but part of what supports blood sugar levels is having a balance of macronutrients. So protein lowers blood sugar and carbohydrates raise blood sugar. Neither are bad, okay? We need these like gradual ups and downs in our uh, blood sugar levels throughout the day. But when we, we don't want to eat one without the other because we don't want to a drop in our blood sugar and we don't want a severe spike in our blood sugar either. And so that's why we want to balance all three macronutrients. Now, I know portion sizes can get kind of confusing, of course. I, I get that and I, I was there too. I definitely, well, I mean, if anyone has experience with under eating and restricting, I don't think your hunger cues are the only thing that you're out of touch with. We're also often very much out of touch with proper portion sizes. So this is where it really depends too on where you're at in your healing journey. But working with someone like myself or another practitioner that does similar work to what I offer, this is where it can be incredibly helpful because you can relearn 
proper portion sizes with someone who is actually nourishing their body fully and we can kind of be like the eyes for you so you don't have to be worrying about that sort of thing if you just kind of have no perception of what a proper portion size is so that's really where i would start when we're talking about how to listen to your hunger and fullness cues after a period of being sick eating within the first 30 minutes then eating every two to four hours after that and making sure every single one of those meals or snacks are a combination of protein, carbohydrates, and fat. That is where I would start. Now, I did say before that there's, I would circle back to the thing that I talked about. I said to eat every two to four hours, and this is going to depend on where you're at in your healing journey. And I think this is really interesting stuff, but when I was coming out of restriction and kind of like very much fresh I guess I wasn't intentionally restricting so I want to clarify but just when I was coming out of a this long period of time of my life of not eating enough food and starting this whole HA recovery thing and eating enough I really couldn't go that long without meals so I was eating absolutely every two to three hours like I would say I couldn't eat or I couldn't go longer without eating than three hours so I was having breakfast then like two hours later I was having a snack two hours later I was eating more right and that's just if like there's multiple different factors that play a role there but a big part of that was I was also like my blood sugar balance wasn't where it is today my like I wasn't as healed as I am today which totally makes sense so now I can easily go three four hours without feeling like this severe drop in my blood sugar two hours after a meal So that speaks to the healing that's happened internally over the years, but also the fact that like my meals are much larger now and they support my body in being able to go like three to four hours after my meals as well. And so that's just kind of like another tip for you here is if you are eating and you're noticing that like oh my gosh like after every single meal i eat i'm hungry two hours later that's it there's nothing wrong with you okay i want to make that very clear there is nothing wrong with you but that's a really good sign that your meals aren't big enough so Kind of going back to what I was saying about portion sizes too, is even though, yes, it is so beneficial to work with a practitioner that can support you with this stuff, if you fall in that camp of eating breakfast and then like even like an hour and a half, two hours later, you find yourself really hungry and you're the type of person that 
feels like she's confused about portion sizes, that would also be a really great cue for you to increase your portion sizes because if you're getting hungry that quickly after a meal, it's likely you're not eating enough. So I hope that helps and I definitely planned on talking about more than one question today or answering more than one question today but I personally whenever I sit down to listen to a podcast I always gravitate to the ones that are 30 to 45 minutes long and since that's what I like I'm gonna wrap up here because I see we're kind of at that 40 minute mark so I will be back I promise (laughs) next week with answering more listener questions or anything that else anything else that comes up for me over the past next week Um, but thank you so much for hanging out with me today I really love talking about this stuff with you all and if anything that I say or share with you resonates with you please know that I would love to support you on your journey Like I said before, I have been through this myself and recovery can be really lonely if you're trying to navigate it yourself and just know I can be your girl. I can support you through recovery and I would love to do that for you. So you can just click the link in my show notes. I am currently accepting clients. I work with clients one-on-one through all throughout the world. So Don't think that you have to live in cold, blizzardy Saskatchewan, Canada to work with me. I work with clients literally all over the world. I just started working with a new client in New Zealand yesterday, and I'm meeting with clients all throughout the U.S. today, so it doesn't matter where you are. Just know I can be that support for you if you're feeling that pull and you want to get some loving support from me. All right, my friends, I will be back next week with a brand new episode. 